live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland. And T.J. Perry. Moretzky, straight on from 39 yards out to win the game in the second overtime. Belke gets it down. The kick is up by Moretzky. Plenty of distance. It's good! It's good! And the winner for 2022, Caleb Williams, 7th Mahomes being pressured. Now flings it, slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! It was an underhanded shovel at the right boundary for a 56-yard touchdown! In the gun, Prescott snap back, handoff, Elliott driving, pushing, touchdown! Ezekiel Elliott, head for the kettle! No! Fakes the kettle! Says, I'm not getting the fine. I'm just taking the touchdown. Hour two on a Monday, December 12th. We still await the arrival of the sun today. High hopes. Toby and TJ with you. This show brought to you every day by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. I was right across the street from XOE yesterday. I was looking across the highway longingly at their collection of CF motos, bad boy mowers. They got those uh, They got those uh, motorhomes you can rent to, TJ, if you want to go on a vacation, but you don't want to buy a motorhome. You can just rent them for a week. Pretty sweet. Check them out. Extreme Outdoor Equipment there in Newcastle. Here's the deal with sermons, okay? <laughs> no, oh, no. You guys got him going now. <laughs> Did you listen to any of the games Saturday? I listened to some of the post game, a little of the post game, yeah. I was all over sermons Saturday. Here's the deal with sermons. It's Sermons is obviously a good enough referee. He does Final Fours and things like that. He misses some calls. Good enough. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's not that he's a terrible referee. He misses some calls and, and whatever. He he just loves to be the show. That's what bothers me about sermons. He shows up and says, all right, everybody's paid their tickets to see me today. And he wants to be the show. And he's just, you know, flamboyant and handing out technical fouls and, and growling at coaches and it's just all about him right and there are other referees that miss calls but he does it with just such arrogance to it i was uh in orlando and we were watching the game before us down there rick crawford uh was officiating that game and mystical it was a goaltending call and he called goaltending and it wasn't the ball had not hit the backboard yet and he's coming back down the floor. And the head coach on the other team that, that had the call go against him is just yelling at Rick Crawford. And Rick stops and says, I thought I think it's goaltending. I thought I saw goaltending. And while he's talking to the coach, they show the replay on the screen. And Rick Crawford sees the replay and says, 
I can see it. There's, I'm watching this, this go back and forth. He looks at the replay with the coach. They're looking at it together, and he goes, my bad. I missed that one. I'm sorry. I missed it. And then he, you know, he goes on. And I was like, that, I mean, that's like, that's, that's how it's done, you know? Just admit it when, when you mess up or whatever. Don't be an egomaniac. Just be a, be a good ref. He missed the call, but he admitted that he missed it. Right. And went on about the day. And the coach has a lot of respect for that, you know? Sermons is just, oh, man. Anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to spend all day talking about sermons. So we've lost three games this year, two of them with Doug Sermons as the referee. <laughs> he's got his, he's got his, ta- his uh, that tracker on for the season. The record the last, I don't even know what it is, the last five years, it's got to be below 50% when OU win percentage when Sermons is the ref. It's got to be. It might be below 20%. I don't know. Anyway, Heisman Trophy Ceremony. So I, I, I did the banquet Saturday night. Uh, was awesome. Maybe we'll talk more about that coming up. But I did the banquet, and, uh, you know, phone's in the pocket. I get done. I go get in the car, and I start to head home, and I get my phone out, and I've got, like, a 100 and some mentions. Like, my Twitter thing is like, oh, man, that's usually not a good sign, TJ. It's like, oh, boy, what happened? And so I open it up, and it's all about this Heisman ceremony. And... ESPN played a highlight from Caleb Williams this year at USC with one of my calls over it from last year. They oh. took a, they took a call from when he was at OU and put it over the top of a touchdown from this year. So it's my voice calling a USC touchdown. Oh it's heck un, no! It's unmistakable, right? And and. Thank you, Sooner fans, who all raced to my defense Saturday night saying exactly what you say, what you said, which is, it's bad enough Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Right. But we had to listen to them steal Toby's call. So, uh, anyway, it's been funny this weekend with all that. All I, I tweeted something out that said, uh, anybody know a good lawyer who specializes in identity theft? Obviously, jokingly, uh, I honestly could, could couldn't care less. I don't. I can't comprehend how something like that happened. Like, how in the world somebody at ESPN said, "You know what? Why don't we just go take a call from last year when he played right, for another team with another did, How or why does that even happen? I have no idea. Maybe the call from USC wasn't clean. I don't know. But the idea that you'd go take a call from another team from another broadcaster and slap it on there is hard to comprehend. But I feel bad for Pete Arbogast because I'd be ticked if that was like Baker Mayfield or something and and they showed one of his highlights and it was somebody else calling it from another. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts yeah. comes from Alabama and it's uh, right. you know, an Alabama uh, Eli Gold call or whatever. Exactly. That's a better example. Thank you very much. So I feel Pete Arbogast is the USC guy. He's the one that should be upset about this, but I don't care at all. And but the uh, it was it was interesting. Huh. It, what made me? Yeah, think I'm of curious it is of how the said, process even happens to get to that uh-huh. point where they use a Toby Roland highlight. That's to me, it's almost like 
they just had something in their database and just said Caleb Williams touchdown call and just grabbed it and said, okay, yeah, we're using this one. And slapped it over the top slapped of a it over USC the top touchdown. Of a highlight, right. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, ESPN can do it wrongly <laughs> in a Heisman ceremony. We can't do it on our own show. <laughs> By the way, I saw somebody uh, on Twitter said ESPN won't let us do it on. It's not ESPN that won't let us play. No, no. Show. no, it's not ESPN at all. It's the franchise. It's the franchise. We've said yeah. it before. We can say it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was that was humorous. But thank you. So, I felt loved. I felt loved by Sooner Nation that? because they were in an uproar over the uh, the fact that uh, that my voice was on a USC touchdown call. Yeah, let's see the stuff I was mentioning. I thought you were going to talk about the fake stuff that I. There was so much fake. There were so many fake quotes being put out by OU fans and different people that I was like, wait, was this a real quote? Wait, was this one? So I thought you were talking about some of that. I hadn't even heard about that. Yes. Like uh, I got out of that bleep of a bleep town as quick as I could. That's why I I knew I could win a Heisman here. There was all these fake things being put out, and I'm like, so one of them got sent to me this morning, and I'm like, uh, for so for a little while there on Sunday, I was like, wait, did he really say this? And I'm like, no, this is all fake. Because in Oklahoma, you weren't able to go out and shop, really. You weren't able to go out and <laughs> you know, go to the beach or real. anything like that. It was just kind of planes, like actual planes, not yeah. the flying ones. Yeah, that one was real. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, obviously we were heading to the I concert. I didn't see a second stuff, of the high But I didn't, like, normally in past years, I would have gone and looked for the the replay and, and things like that. I, I, I went and I did not search anything from it. I knew he was going to win. I did not want to see it. And I was like, eh, I'm glad I'm at the uh, concert tonight. So uh, yeah. I avoided it. Yeah. Same. I wasn't at a concert, but yes, yeah, same. I didn't, I still haven't watched it. Uh, anyway, thank you to uh, all the uh, fans for their Hey, love. Noble, uh, does Toby have a lawsuit here? He's uh, the personally prop- been attacked. That's a personal injury right there. A lot of people want me to sue USC. Uh, and I'm not suing anybody, but I don't think USC is at fault here. I think it's ESPN, who we are contractually married to. So and I think I'm, I think it's a dead end. I blame Clark Stroud. Of course you do. <laughs> but he told ESPN, hey, this highlight's better. Use Toby's. <laughs> Why don't we blame him for everything? Why don't we blame him for that, too? <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have too much to say about the banquet other than it was really an honor. This is something um, they have had some postseason things before, but nothing like this. This is something that um, uh, I think Dabo did at Clemson in some respect, and Brent wanted to bring it here in kind of a postseason awards banquet for the football team. And just for the football team, like they, there were some touchdown club members, I think, that bought some tickets to be there. Um, but mostly it was it was just the team and their parents and an end of the season thing. The, the seniors were wearing tuxedos Saturday night, TJ. That was pretty – it looked like the, <laughs> they had them all up on stage. Go down and, a red carpet? Uh, no, but it had that feel to it. Like they were all up on stage on – risers and so it kind of looked like the it kind of felt like the academy awards a little bit and uh everybody you know is all suited up and looking sharp and uh 
Um, kind of awards we talking about here uh, this sounds like a little league end of school uh end of year uh swim party like where you give out most improved and mr hustle and uh, what kind of award yeah, are you talking about that's here? exactly what it was like only <laughs> you know offensive mb mvp defensive mvp um you know who made the most improvement in the in the weight room this year right um uh, scout team, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different categories of different things. And um, now it was good. It was really cool to to be there and uh, hear Brent talk a little bit about, you know, we're not done. We got one more game this year and nobody's nobody thinks we can win it and all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, I don't have any like breaking news to share about anything, uh, you know, that I saw or didn't. Not groundbreaking see, or anything? No, you know, there's nothing. That Did you wear a tux? No, no, no. I was just in a suit. Oh man, just a suit. Mm-hmm. You gotta tux it up. Well, so I didn't even know that the seniors were wearing tuxes till I got there. I think when I when I saw them, I thought oh, I should have wore a tux tonight. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that's, that wouldn't be right. Like, the seniors were in the tuxes. So everybody else was just Oh, so like suit. Brent, that, no, none of the other coaches. No, are, okay, uh-uh. okay. That, I got like, you. differentiated who was a senior. That makes sense, yeah. So I think it would have – I don't think I should wear a tux. Like, if we do it next year, I think that's true. it's right just to have a suit on. Because that's like – that made them special. So um, – but it was a really cool night, man, just to kind of see the camaraderie and – a few of those guys uh, that received kind of the highest award of the night spoke at the end. Danny Stutzman and um, Eric Gray, several of them. And just to kind of hear, not in a press conference setting, but among their peers and families, to hear them talk about the love of their teammates and of their coaching staff and of the university and, and some of the seniors like Braden Willis say, listen, I'm done, but I'm passing it on to you guys. You, it's your turn now, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It was really touching. There was some really yeah, – that uh, some stuff that you that the, you don't normally get to see, and it wasn't a show because there was no cameras there or anything. It was just heartfelt, this is how I feel about you guys, this is how I feel about the coaches, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I was really – You cried, didn't you? I did not cry. You cried. But I was moved. And I was glad I was I was there. It really was an honor to be there. And uh, so it was a long day, but it was an honor to be there. Good. Yeah. I wish you had yeah. some, like, I don't have any earth-shattering story or something, you know. But Now, I dogged on Isaiah Coe at one time. And that was a little... Uh, you know, afterwards, I it did dawn on me he's significantly larger than me. <laughs> Isaiah Coe won an award, and uh, he was sitting at the table with his without his jacket on, like his jacket was draped over the back of his chair because there was dinner and everything. And so when he won the award, he got up and he grabbed his jacket and he's trying to put his jacket on as he's coming to the stage and he's wrestling with this jacket. He can't quite get it on, so he passes by uh 
one of the coaches' tables, and the coach gets up and tries to help him fix the back of his jacket. <laughs> the whole way up, he's, like, wrestling this jacket. I'm picturing Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gets up there. He's a big guy. You know, Isaiah Coe's a big guy. He gets up there, and he gets his award, and he goes back down. And I said something about, um, I'm glad you, you know, you defeated that jacket. Probably need to take an iron to it before you wear it again. It was a little wrinkled and stuff. And uh, everybody started oohing and on. They that was a they they were um, anyway. I did think after that I was like, man, probably should have picked on like a wide receiver <laughs> or a scout team guy, not Isaiah Coe. Uh, look, I don't know that you should be picking on anybody on the football team. Hey, you got to give a zinger once in a uh, while up there to keep it. You know what? I'm TJ, sure he that's found my it humorous. Job. I'm sure I gotta, he laughed. Sing, sing, sing. You gotta. You can't be afraid to make fun of some people sometimes, T. But rarely are the people that I'm risking it with uh, six four, three hundred pounds. You know, so hopefully Mr. Coe took it in the spirit that it was intended. Break time. It's a Monday morning. We'll be back. The T Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Four wheelers, side by sides, UTVs, travel trailers, or motorhome rentals. I forty four at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit one hundred eight. He's Toby. I'm TJ. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group, home of the eight ninety nine dollars listing fee. Terry and Jackie Saxon, great realtors that will give you the same service any other uh, realtor out there will, but save you thousands of dollars putting that money in your pocket. No hidden fees. Eight ninety nine to list your home. Call Terry. Ask him for more information. 405-361-3380. Air Comfort Solutions text line. OU put up a good fight in the end. Arkansas was just too deep and athletic to finish it off. You could tell who had the three McDonald's All-Americans. Man, uh, I agree completely. I thought, um, especially the first half, I thought OU played hard the whole way. They shot the ball, I think they ended up like 57, 59%. Yeah, shot it great. Out-rebounded them. Out-rebounded them. Um, Arkansas got to the line a bunch more. And Arkansas also shot the ball really, really well. And Arkansas's loaded. They're just, I mean, they're they're right now, they're more talented and they're better. I mean, they just, they've got five guys, one of them's hurt, so four that played, that are projected first-round draft picks, two guys that are projected top five draft picks. (laughs) I mean, come on. This team... And they've gone to the Elite Eight the last two years. Arkansas should be a Final Four team this year. Now, the injury is a big blow to them. But they still, as you could tell, I don't know how much of that game you watched. But I watched the whole they thing, They yeah. are tremendously they, talented. They are... They are, and I thought it was a. I thought it was a good basketball game. I mean, obviously, yeah. you wanted OU to win. Heated, man. From the that... opening tip, they were talking trash to each other. Right. You know, you, you wish they could have finished that thing off, and they got off to a good start. But there was just a stretch there where their talent overwhelmed OU. They just swarmed them, and it, it seemed like uh, like a uh, Arkansas team of uh, Nolan Richardson days. You know, when they just yeah. swarmed and they just kept turning them over there in that yep. stretch, and that was really the Early difference in the game. Half. Right? Yeah, and that was that yep. that three minute stretch or whatever it was was kind of the difference. And it was we're going to lock down. We're going to uh, we're going to go on this run here and. 
then they just were able to Nailed maintain it. the rest of the way. So They took a three-point game, pushed it to double figures, yeah. and just kind of kept it there the rest of the night. Yep. Yeah, that was the key stretch. So it was, a, it was a good ball game, though, and I thought OU played, like you said, shot the ball well, rebounded well, did, did a lot of things very well in that game. Just Arkansas was too talented for them, and just they, yeah. they man, they have – they're long, they're athletic. Those dudes can get to the basket, like you Ooh. said, and draw the fouls. And so, um, you got a squad, Hog fans. They do. You got they a squad. Do. I don't think you come out of that game discouraged at all if you're a Sooner fan. In fact, uh, maybe I think there's a couple of silver linings from Saturday. One was to see Milo Shuzan play that way against that caliber of a team as a true freshman. Yeah, he was he eye-opening was nice. to me. He was nice on Saturday. He was, yeah. 15 points, one turnover. Five assists, one turnover, 15 points against that kind of pressure and that caliber of a team. This kid's a player. And since he's been put in the starting lineup, which is two games now, he has become a big-time threat for them and a score. That was great to see. The other thing is, Welcome, Joe Bamisil. Yeah, great game. Great game. Scoreless in his last five games, irrelevant in his last five games, and against a high-caliber team like that, contributed. Played about 20 minutes, scored, I think he had eight or nine points, four or five rebounds, blocked a couple of shots. That block was just nasty, too, that he had, yeah. His size was beneficial. If OU is going to be as good as they can be this year, they need Joe Bamisil to be a part of the equation. Now, they've been good enough to like win that Orlando tournament and, and play well without him contributing. But if they're going to be as much as they can be, he can help take them to a different level. Doesn't have to score 20 points a game. But if he can come off the bench like he did against Arkansas, Give him eight to ten points, four or five rebounds, some defense. Uh, oh, huge help, huge help. So there were a couple of silver linings, even in defeat, that I think I think you take as a Sooner fan. And I know this is a maybe we'll get to some more text next segment because I'm kind of hijacking the segment here to talk basketball. But Central Arkansas next Saturday, obviously need to win that game. I think this Florida game coming up a week from t- tomorrow. Massive game. Um, it's going to be a coin flip type game, and if they could win it, they go nine and three in the non-con into conference play. Stick Florida on the resume along with Ole Miss and Seton Hall, and have a have a nice non-conference resume before you get going. If you lose it, I don't know. Teach eight and four sounds a lot different to me than nine and three. You've lost then to Villanova, Arkansas, and Florida here in December. You're like, oh, man, every big team we run into past Orlando, they've lost. I I just think this Florida game, it's winnable. They're good, but it's winnable. And it just feels really, really big to me. Heard it here, folks. Must win. Toby says the Florida game is a must win. Sooners have to have it. I think it's big. It's big. It's big. Otherwise, you're going to have to do something and knock someone off on the road probably in conference play and get a couple of those to uh, start swinging some things there uh, come March. So you got to sit in it for 10 days mm-hmm. before yep. you play again, yep. whatever happens. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's it's not a must win. It's going to come down to how you do in conference play in the end. But we've talked about those first couple of weeks in conference and how brutal they are, and you'd really like to go into that with some swagger. And they played really good against Nova, didn't win. They played good against Arkansas, didn't win. They need a payoff here. They need to play good against a big-name team and win before they get into conference play. Just to be ready, I think, psychologically for that Texas-Iowa State-Kansas- Texas Tech first two weeks of the season. But that was a fun atmosphere. It was electric in that building from the jump. The teams were talking trash. I don't think the coaches like each other very much. I haven't heard that from anybody. I'm just reading body language. Ricky Council goes in for that completely unnecessary dunk at yeah, the end of the game. Yeah, what was that? Like, even the, it, when they showed the coaches over on the side, you know, the Arkansas you know, uh, showed the whole bench, and they're all like, this face, like, what did he just do, you know? It was a punk move, yeah. and Arkansas, you got a squad. I just said this. I like your team a lot. They could win the national championship this year. That was a punk move. I don't know. I, that's not how you do it. I understand it was a heated game. Oklahoma called off the dogs and said, no more fouls. Just dribble out the clock. He's dribbling out the clock, and the decides, you know what? I'm going to go just slam one more. Punk move. <laughs> I need 26 instead of 24 on the night. <laughs> yeah. But. It will not be forgotten, just like OU's 22-point win on their head wasn't forgotten this year by them. Porter Moser will rack that up and show it to him 50 times before next year's game. And this is becoming something, man. No, it's cool. It's a very cool atmosphere. It's cool that they uh, put it at the BOK. It's been enjoyable the last two years. It has. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't think you can keep doing it there once conference play starts, like SEC play. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. But OU Arkansas is going to be something in all sports. Like, it hasn't been a rivalry because we rarely play them in anything. But now you're going to play them every year, and you're really close, and especially in the Tulsa area, Fans live amongst each other. We're, we're, we're going to miss Bedlam, right? But OU Arkansas is going to develop into, I think, Oklahoma's second biggest rivalry next to Texas. Um, and, and this basketball thing in two years has become spicy. They're playing once a year, and they've only played twice and. Part of it is the head coaches are incredibly intense and entertaining. but And they have played two games against each other that were won by double digits, both of them. OU won by 22 last year. Arkansas won by 10 this year. So neither one of them like went to the buzzer. But that is far and away the most trash talk and just consternation I've seen on the court between two non-conference teams in a long time that you know I haven't seen a non-conference game like that where there's been that much heat right that I can remember I mean somebody could point something out to me big 12 play gets like that but a non-conference game is usually not why you why would you have hard feelings for 
whoever, you know. You haven't, ever, you haven't played them before, not in a long time. Those two teams. And then you got the two fan bases that are roaring with every bucket and every foul. They're griping and grumbling. And that was that was a lot of fun. I, I wish oh, you had won the game, but still. Kudos to all the Sooner fans that were in the house. I felt like they closed the gap a little bit maybe this year. Didn't feel as overwhelmingly. Ar- it was definitely more Arkansas fans there. But I think maybe OU closed the gap on them a little bit this year. Maybe I just wanted it to be that way, but it felt that way a little bit. We'll be back. The Ref. Network Studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Someone who was in the crowd that I also took shots at Anton Harrison and Justin Harrington Saturday night. So. <laughs> Forgot about those. Honestly, wasn't trying to take a shot at Anton. Anton had a uh, unbelievable suit on. So uh, I just mentioned that it was unbelievable. That's all. Um, all right, let's do some text because we. I kind of hijacked the line. You said basketball. I got excited, and I and I went down uh, the basketball rabbit hole. Teach. So let's get back to the text line here. What What are people saying out there? Let's see. Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'll come up here to some of the stuff when they were ta- when you're talking about the game. Uh, even when Arkansas was in the Southwest Conference, there was animosity between them and OU in football. They're just picking up where they left off. Yeah, I think that, you know, the baseball thing is going to be a real thing. Baseball, uh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And when you said that, you know, the, the three major men's sports, it's going to be feisty every time they get together. There's no doubt about it. I hope that we can play a baseball game in Arkansas, in uh, Tulsa. You know, maybe do kind of like we've done with Bedlam, which is you have your series on campus, but maybe a non-con game every year in Tulsa. Just so many so many Arkansas fans in Tulsa, and it's almost exactly halfway between campuses. That would be a lot of fun. But baseball's going to be spicy. Basketball is spicy. Football hadn't played each other, you know, since that freezing Cotton Bowl game that was 10-3 to or whatever it was, but it's going to develop into something. Oklahoma-Arkansas is going to be fun. We need a, a better name for the OU-Arkansas game. I remember when we played them in the Cotton Bowl in 2 they had shirts for sale at the game that said, Brawl with a Drawl. Uh, that's from Camo Sooner. Yeah, well... Something will develop. You got to let these things happen happen um, naturally. Right now, they call this game the Crimson and Cardinal Classic. That's a lot. That's a lot to say. It's not that catchy. No. So we'll figure. It's a some. You know, we'll th- something will happen. Somebody will write something or say something, and and that'll be what it is. That's how Bedlam was born. That's how all these things are born. But. I agree. I don't think the brawl with the drawl is the right answer either. That's I don't think that's it. Uh, I agree with Toby. Arkansas will take the place of uh, OSU as a rival. Well, I think it'll be an additional rival because I think OU and OSU are still going to play in basketball and baseball every year. And, you know, everything but football, we're still going to have bedlam. So that's still going to be a thing. But 
Arkansas is going to emerge as a much bigger thing. Maybe I shouldn't say their second rival next to Texas, but it's going to – I think Oklahoma and Arkansas is going to develop into a really nice rivalry. Was the game Saturday technically a home game for Arkansas because the arena announcers seemed like he was for Arkansas? Well, I mean, technically it's a neutral site, but how they do that is they alternate each year who the home team is. And the and last last year it was Oklahoma, this year it was Arkansas. And the home team supplies the table crew. They run the operation of the game. So last year it was all OU people, OU announcer, everything. This year it was all Arkansas people, Arkansas announcer and everything. But technically, in I'm doing air quotes right now, on you know net rankings, RPIs, those kinds of things, it's a neutral site game for both teams. Let's see here. Toby and TJ, uh, how about you beat Sam Houston State and be 10-2 and two going into conference play? That's from Jimmy in Tulsa. Okay, Jimmy. Uh, TJ, <laughs> you got that time machine done? I wish. I would, I would be standing here answering Jimmy from Tulsa's Jimmy. text if I had finished the time machine. Thank you. Yeah, that would have been great, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, how's your Monday going? Uh... <laughs> uh let's see toby i want this open uh well we just went over that kendall we just talked about it he's like toby can you give us your thoughts on the last second dunk by arkansas it spent like five minutes on it just five minutes ago come on kendall i think ricky council is a great player i think he had an unbelievable game i think he's going to play in the nba and um, I think he needs to be better than that. I think he let his emotions get the best of him. So hopefully that's a learning moment for him going forward. Says, I know well, I know the maddest I ever saw Lon Kruger in his 10 years here is when something happened like that. One of his guys let his emotions get the better of him at the end of the game. Oh, you won. They were trying to dribble out the clock. And he went in and scored. And I... I, have, I could probably count on one hand the time I've seen Lon Kruger mad. I have definitely never seen him more mad than that. He tore off after that guy. Whew. It happens. It happens. They're college kids. They played a heated game. It happens, but that's not the way you do it. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm in a spiritful mood this morning, and I just want to share the love. Everyone have a great day and boomer sooner. Oh, that's thank nice. you. That's very Who's nice that from? Didn't, they didn't sign it, but okay. thank you. Uh, Speaking I, of spiritful, have you seen Spirited? I don't have Apple TV, so no, I've not. I think it's in theaters. Is it? Is it an uh, Apple TV thing? I think it's an Apple TV thing. It may be at theaters too. How they're splitting that okay. sometimes now, but I, I know it's an Apple TV product. I should say. Okay. So, I don't know. I you did watch. Seen it though. I did watch the new A Christmas Story Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you recommend um, it? It's not as good as a Christmas story, obviously, but it was good. It was good. It was worth watching. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, good. It was worth watching. Uh, it was probably not the best selection for us on a Friday night, considering what has gone through and what the plot of this movie oh, was. Boy. Did it drag up some emotions? Uh, it drug up some emotions, yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. So. Uh, I grew up in Arkansas, and they are the cockiest fans ever, without much to back it up. They backed it up on Saturday. That's a good basketball team. 
They have won a basketball national championship mm-hmm. in the Nolan Richardson era. They are a very, very confident and passionate fan base. I've mentioned it in recent. It's amazing that they haven't won a baseball national championship as good as they have been. They've never been able to finish the deal. But they are very confident and extremely passionate. And it really doesn't matter the sport. I mean, you you want an example of a school that supports all of their teams uh, with tremendous exuberance. They pack out the football stadium. They pack out Sam Walton Arena. They pack out that baseball stadium. They love their Razorbacks, and they love to call the Hogs. So for all of that, I have a lot of respect for a fan base that is that supportive and that um, uh, passionate. Passionate. So the, the texter is right. They, they haven't won a lot. I mean, like championships to back all that up. And but that doesn't really sway them, you know. I mean, they still—they're not front runners. They whether they're winning or losing, they're there. So uh, I I respect that a lot. Um, there's nothing else going on in Arkansas, you know. They've like, won a lot of football titles over the last decade and a half. There there there's no professional team in Arkansas. There's really no other major, you know. There's some D one schools, but nothing. There's no other major Division One school in Arkansas. That's the show. The Razorbacks are the show. And the whole state kind of rallies behind them. So they got a giant, passionate fan base. That's for sure. Speaking of a show, plates of uh, goodies wrapped in foil have just started arriving and being laid on the table here out front. Luann, I just want to make break. sure you've got my mailing address. Uh... I do accept baked goods through the mail. (laughs) We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Call Terry or Jackie at 405-361-3380. WTJ back with you. T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. Check them out for their $8.99 listing fee, 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Good morning from Minneapolis, Minnesota. All players that are not seniors should have to practice and play out the season to its entirety, including the bowl game. They can still declare but have to fulfill their commitment to said university. It hamstrings some teams preparing and participating in a bowl game. Okay. <laughs> don't know where that came from this morning. Just <laughs> angry, angry over opt-outs <laughs> this morning. Uh, I... Uh... You know, I don't. I mean, we live in a. We live in a. I don't even know where I'm going with that. I uh, wonder, and I mentioned this to somebody this weekend. I think. I wonder if there's any way that, with these NILs, you can make them contractual, to where, you know, to get this money, you have to complete the season. Otherwise, you're going to owe us a chunk of it back, that kind of a thing. I wonder if that's even – like, that's how it would be for real people. 
You know what I'm saying? Things yeah. like if, if, let's say you guys paid me up front this month to do 20 shows. And then I got to show 15 and said, eh, I'm done. Like, I'd owe you some money back. So I wonder if there's any way that since we're we're doing this world of NIL deals and stuff now that we can make football players a little more contractually obligated to to go to the conclusion of a season with a team. I don't know. I don't know if that's legally possible or not, but yeah, I, I th- thought even with something like that, then isn't it some other collective paying off that debt for them saying, Hey, I owe 10 grand here. All right, well, we'll give you an additional 10 grand to pay that off. Well, they're not playing for the team anymore. So why would they do that? They're, they're leaving your team to go. They're bailing on your team for a bowl game or in this in the case of no, Smith and Jigba for a college football playoff. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is like, say, uh, say someone's going from OU to Ohio State. Ohio State pays that ten grand back. To oh, OU. I got you. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got collectives paying collectives. Co- collectives playing. Co- yeah, collectives so. paying collectives. Yeah, is what I meant. By yeah, that. you got to move the bowl games to the beginning of the season. I think that's the answer. Uh, Arkansas has the biggest clown fan base in football. You're talking sweet on pigs now. Um, but wait till you have to deal with them year in and year out. Well, I think I'm just being honest. And if you if you listen to my story about my trip to Arkansas when I did the baseball game there, TJ, you would know that I'm not sweet on it <laughs> no, at all. Right. I think it's really bizarre. I think they're really the Woo Pig Suey stuff and all that kind of things. They do a lot of really bizarre things. But I am giving them credit for being a very large, passionate, and loyal fan base. That's just calling it like it is. Now, do they do some weird stuff? Yeah, maybe the weirdest, right? Maybe the weirdest. But they love their team. We'll be back.